Porsche, 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 and occasionally Audi. It's the Le Mans 24 hour. Gentlemen, start your engines. Welcome to Motor Racing Passion, the podcast for fans and enthusiasts to talk nothing but racing. I'm Luke Blackman, I've got Adam, I've got Daniel, and I've got Brock alongside me as usual. Today we are discussing the greatest endurance race of them all, the Le Mans 24 Hours. Held in France and first run in 1923, the 2020 edition of the race rolls off this weekend, a few months behind schedule for the 88th time in its history. The race is a personal favourite of all of us and so many around the world. So what makes this the greatest race in the world? Greatest To make it the greatest race in the world, well, it's ultimately man versus machine, essentially. It's 24 hours. Who can complete the most laps in that 24-hour period? You know, back, back when the race first started, it was you know, how, how, how you can make your car last over the 24 hours. And as technology has come into it, over the years and um, you know as manufacturers have been able to make their cars last it's a bit more of a sprint but ultimately it still comes back to that fundamental man versus machine i reckon it's that element of the triple crown as well so it's up there with your monaco grand prix your indy 500s and obviously le mans the endurance aspect of that triple crown but it's yeah it's right at the top awesome track some very cool cars multi-class racing and it's just got such iconic corners, doesn't it? You know, it's such a unique track. So, um, Indianapolis, yeah. Arnage. And the Mulsa. Porsche Rouge. Like, Maison Blanche. It just sounds so fancy, you know, it's when you, French. you run through the corners <laughs> names. I know, but like you could say that on a first date. Yeah. That'd be good. Dunlop Chicane. Maybe not Ford that. Ford Chicane. <laughs> Porsche Curves. Yeah. We don't like chicanes, though. Oh, with a Dunlop. Dunlop Bridge over the top of it. Well, yeah. But I think also the fact it's just a 24-hour race. It doesn't stop all day. It runs through the night, through sunset, through the sunrise. I think as well, it's such a, I mean, you know, most of the track is so flowing, so it's such mm. a fast track. There's not really that many sort of squiggly bits, except for, you know, what, Indianapolis and yeah, yeah, around there. The rest of the, the lap is pretty much flat out, which is awesome. Yeah. And time certain race too. There's something pure about it. I know there's time certain finishes and time certain races gets a lot of flack, uh, particularly in Australia, but there's something nice that, you know, the gun goes off at 4 p.m., 3 p.m. this year. Um, and, yeah, you know you know exactly when it finishes. So. Well, I guess the difference in that is everyone knows it's a time certain race. Yeah. From you, the get-go. You're from the outset. Whereas, yeah. you know, you're expecting X amount of laps and yeah. then it, then you know, come into the last lap and then it's like, oh, it's a time certain finish. You're not going to get another one in. So, yeah. But, yeah. You've, you've been there in person, Daniel. Yeah, 2013. Made the, um, the trek over as part of the uh, um, my sporting swing throughout Europe. So I went to Monaco and then on to um, the Monaco for the Grand Prix and then on to Le Mans. Um, so 
went through Speed Chills, which was one of the like the camping kind of uh, providers uh, there at the time, who recently bought out by um, oh, who were Red Ellen Monson's friends, Travel Destinations. Travel but Speed Chills was there in 2013, so had a little two man tent that's uh, pitched on the inside of the Porsche curves at the Speed Chills set up there, and yeah. Spent that- five days, um, yeah, cramped in a two-man tent and, uh, yeah, one of the best experiences of my life. 2013, was that Porsche first year back, Alan Pennon? No, it was, so it was the year, year, it was the year before, so right. it was Toyota vs Audi. So it was, oh, the it, last. Yeah, it was still good, but generally it was funny. I sat there the whole week just thinking how good would it be to be back in 12 months when um, Porsche were there. But, no, Toyota gave Audi a, at least a run for um, a good 12 hours of the race, even led at one point. But ultimately, Addy, uh, we're just too strong. But yeah, just amazing. And I, like, I was so like green in terms of trying to know what to expect. Like, I just jumped off a train in the main centre of uh, town there, and then um, got the, sh- uh, the joining train to the track, and then had to walk like six k's to the um, um, to my campsite. Um, and it was pouring rain, so it was just yeah, it was kind of it was kind of brutal, but. Um, I look back on it now. It's so good. What's the feeling like once you get there? Oh, well, just mesmerised. Because, you know, when something's that big, we're talking 13 kilometres of track, and um, where I where I jumped off the train was near the, uh, the football arena um, that's there now. And even then, just trying to get your bearings. Like, I knew where that was in the MotoGP track, but then just knowing, like, where I had to get to, trying to chat to people to figure out, which direction to go in? They didn't speak English. My were they French, impartial? Uh, no, they were they were helpful where they could be, but we kind of hit an impasse when my French was so limited and their English was non-existent. <laughs> so, um, so no, no, that that was good. But then, so I mean, parked up, night practice, night qualifying that Wednesday night, Thursday night was just incredible. Uh, the speed, uh, the sounds amongst the darkness um, around the track. It's just it was just amazing. So, but actually, the hard part too was um, I couldn't get any radio coverage because obviously it's in French and you can get through Radio Le Mans, but you couldn't actually get a radio anywhere until Saturday of the race. So I just you know going back to something pure, just sat around the track and watched cars for uh, you know two days, and then basically you had to wait to get back to the campsite to actually figure out who was on pole. So it was yeah, it was something. Nice and just enjoyed what was in front of you. It's, uh, yeah, so good. I guess you get those iconic night shots on the coverage, you know, you know, for, from the classic night stint from you know midnight to four or five a.m. on um you know Eurosport usually here out in Australia covers it um, for it there, but and that's pretty mesmerising seeing how the speed of the cars, especially the multi-class racing when the LMP ones come up on the GTEs uh, for it there. How was that in person seeing that like when you rock up there on you know night practice and night qualifying to see in the first time for that, especially since you know being an indie where you've seen something at full fully fledged. Um, speed for that when you're there yeah i think the the most biggest contrast was just the speed difference so between the uh gtms and then obviously the prototypes at the time um and it was so 2013 it was obviously the audi diesels so it was just this like kind of whistle throughout throughout the air um and obviously the toyota so you you could almost pick the audis coming just because of the silence Mm. um but yeah just seeing the the braking difference between the 
GT cars, and then even to be fair, the LMP twos. Um, twenty thirteen actually had like probably one of the strongest LMP two races um, that year as well. I think it was twenty six LMP twos or something like that, and that was uh, yeah, that was incredible. Do they have um, Dagwood dogs at Le Mans? They do have Dagwood dogs. Did you? Did you try? No, no, I didn't. I didn't. I think I just something about me didn't trust. Really? Yeah, like Dagwood dogs are dodgy at the best of times. And well, one, I mean, I, I'm actually quite a fan. Oh, what of their I've health had benefits? A, a racetrack without a Dagwood dog—that's unfranch. Come isn't on, it? Daniel. Yeah, no, no, but they—they they did do a great bacon and egg roll. So that was. Did you go on the Ferris wheel? I did go on the Ferris wheel. Yep. Do did they that? call it a Ferris wheel? Is it like a a ferry wheel? Yeah, I. I, 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 I <laughs> can't remember the signage or the description of it, but they took my money and they sent me up, so that was a good sign. Mm. So, um, but yeah, so but I mean, all the all the iconic things like yeah, the Ferris wheel, um, Indianapolis, Arnaz, just being because you obviously get a bus to get to the track. I wasn't going to walk thirteen kilometers up there, but uh, one thing that I never thought of was just the traffic. So obviously, you go through all the villages and things on the on the bus to to get to the top end of the circuit. But the traffic with um, all the locals just driving in to have a look, it took me, I think, 45 minutes to get from um, down near the start finish line up to um, up to Arnage. Did you, did you go to the cafe on the mall sign? I did not. I did not. So the hard part with that is you've actually got to, you've got to leave, yeah, you've got to leave the circuit to get up there. And the, at least the shuttles they were running at that point didn't uh, – didn't go to that section. So if you have your own car, it'd be perfect. But um, it was just me and my backpack. So um, just stuck to the shuttles. But uh, There's a KFC there too, isn't there, on the Mole Sun? Oh, there, there probably is. Yeah. But, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't get to that, at least at least on foot. So. But the KFC would be perfect. perfect because it gets to about 2 o'clock as well in the race and, like, everyone shuts up and goes home. So it's not like you can get a beer at 4 a.m. You can't. Just, no. So it was just like oh. they all shut up, yeah. So they get like they go hard from the start of the race up until say one o'clock, give or take, and then they pack up and it's like reopens at seven. And the good thing about the French is like when they're done, they're done. Like they're not hanging around to help you; they're out the door. Um, so yeah, so it was I, just, I would never I, known I was, that. I would have thought everything would yeah. be open yeah. for twenty four hours. No, so it was uh, yeah. So it was like no, um, yeah. Even the Bathurst twenty four hour had snack places open <laughs> for the whole entire race. Yeah. So, um, but then what, it kept. What would you do? Well, I just Stop. dealt with it. Just watch like, cars. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? I was like, there was plenty, plenty to do. It was so cold. Though. You would have been stinging for oh, a beer by seven a.m. Though. Yeah, I, I never like never in the thought of it. Did I think that um, France in the middle of summer, effectively, because yeah, June, that um, it'd be so so cold. Like I was shivering that that morning. Couldn't wait to get back to the campsite to have a shower and just warm up. But uh, yeah. But then that that's the best part of the race too. Like I sat at the Porsche curves at dawn and just watched the cars um, fly through. It was a pretty somber occasion actually too because sadly um, Alan Simonson had um, lost his life earlier in an early lap crash, which, um, do you know what I mean, it took a while for that to filter through and we'd watched him in the Australian GT Championship, British mm-hmm. GT Championship as well. So it was kind of like this was one of the most exciting things that I planned to do and was actually there and obviously then contrasted with that. So it was a pretty uh, pretty surreal 24 hours. Um, yeah. It was fitting that uh, Tom Christensen won the race. Won the race, mm. yeah. So that was – With uh, Alan McNish. Yeah, which I th- – Dindo. 
Yeah, was that his final win or did they back up in 2014? Can't remember. But anyways, yeah, for... Um, Actually, no, no, Capello wasn't in the car, was he? No. No, no. no. Um, I don't know if that's when Luke Duval, um started with them. But, yeah, so it was. there was a lot going on in that, that race um, at the time. And, um, yeah, but I can't wait to get back there. Just everything about it. Um, driver parades um, in the old town um, on the Friday, the rest days. Did you go to scrutineering in the city? No, so I, I arrived into Le Mans on the Wednesday. Um, so I'd come from the French Open tennis um, prior to that. And then, um, yeah, so it was uh, came in on the Wednesday in time for that Wednesday practice. So, yeah. so looking at Dawn and the Porsche curves, um, for there, what's your most vivid memory from seeing there? Is it, you know, just the different speeds of the cars at that time or was it how the track presented to yourself that first time you saw it? Oh, I think it's just, just the visuals, do you know what I mean? Sun rising, um, well, just a fair few clouds as well at that time. But, um, but yeah, the sun coming up. Um, cars peeking through with the headlights and just how they appear because where you sit, you don't actually see the entry coming in mm-hmm. or, sorry, from where we're on the inside, there's also an outside um, segment. But the, so the cars just flash and a- appear there, do you know what I mean, at like probably 200 kilometres an hour for an LMP1 car. Mm-hmm. So it was just, uh, yeah, and just once again, the different different lines and different speeds that each of the LMP1 and 2 cars take compared to the mm-hmm. GT cars. Um, and threading the needle, like you probably see all the onboards that the risks that the LMP1 cars take in terms of trying to make up time. Because if you're going to follow a GT car through there, you can lose five to 10 seconds. Mm. So they're taking wide lines to get through and swinging in front. And yeah, it's pretty, uh, pretty crazy. So, so did it, did it live up? From your earliest memories of the race, did it live up to expectations going there? And- yeah, so it surpassed them. Do you know what I mean? Just in, in terms of everything that you'd hoped, hoped it would be. Um, and, and do you know what I mean? Just the, the size of it as well, the event. Like, do you know I mean? I think 2014 had the bigger crowd uh, with Porsche coming back. But e- even so, like, I was in one of the grandstands on the front straight for the start of the race and it was packed. So I think there was 200,000 people there. Um, for the start and finish of the race. Um, but, yeah, all the pre-race festivities. Um, yeah, how good are the pre-race festivities <laughs> yeah. at Le Mans? Yeah. Oh, yeah. and, they, yeah, they don't do it by halves. Fly over, yeah. French National Anthem. Um, so Ryan Briscoe was driving that year in the uh, Level 5 um, motorsports. Uh, HPD? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. It was yeah. with Scott Tucker. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, so, yeah, there was a bit of – Jason Bright was actually there in a GDM car as well yeah. that year. So Ferrari, that, I think, wasn't it? That was Orange something Ferrari. I didn't know to recently that he got over there in 2013. Yeah. 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 And, but it was like quite random. And I think in the interview he just said it was one of the things he always wanted to do and mm. um, it appeared and, yeah, so he jumped in. So were, the, uh, were the Hawaiian Tropic girls there for the uh, no, pre-race? No. So I don't know if that was a year off, but then I haven't seen him the last couple of years either. So, um, yeah, that might have been a, a thing of the past. But, um, yeah, as I said before, just can't wait to get back to that event. And obviously, like this year, obviously not the strongest entry, which I'm sure we'll we'll get to. But it like it doesn't matter. Like it's yeah. it's one of that one of those events that it doesn't matter. You're racing the circuit. You're racing the clock mm. as much as you're racing other people. So, but I guess one of the other iconic things is the when they go on their roll around lap 
to take the the French flag. That just how they're all lined up on the front straight. Yes. And then they yep. file out one after other. Like that's just, you know, I'm sure like when you're watching it, it's one of the expectations to see, you know, is one of them not going to fire up? They're going to have trouble getting away. But I guess just hearing the buzz of the crowd and everything, watching them roll away, that, that, that'll be some, I guess, a special feeling being yeah. there for, especially the first time. Yeah, I remember the kids. So from where, where we were in the stand as well, so that was the year Bruno Senna had uh, finished um, his Formula 1 career the year before and was going after the GT Championship. So his car was right in front of us. The Golf, uh, Aston Martin, that was lined up right in front. Obviously the teams, all the mechanics line up for the national anthem. So that was that was pretty cool. Just to say that, and and then um, yeah, and as we touched on before, it's like uh, with the driver parades. Actually, Tom Christensen, Alec Manish, um, all those all those drivers um, that you actually just get to be a stone's throw away from, mm. um, and everyone which, gets interviewed, don't they? Yes, so, yeah, 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 because it goes like it's over the space of two hours, and they obviously have a start point, and then it works its way through this historic center of the town, and uh, yeah. So that was um that that was brilliant, and then um, jumped up to one of the Audi um signing uh, uh booths as well, and um yeah, so seeing McNish and Christensen there as well was um really cool. Are the prototypes bigger in person than they look on TV? No, they're actually well f- from my point of view, they're actually smaller. Yeah, because yeah. I find that's a weird thing with some race cars. You see me like, geez, that's big compared to what I expected, and other cars are like, well, the they're actually smaller, smaller than they look. Yeah, and I think having them alongside the GT car as well. Like yeah, the, so they're actually like look much smaller. Yeah, That's interesting. yeah, and I think the Porsche 919 actually took that a step further. Like, if you ever you look for a comparison photo too, but the Porsche GT and the Porsche 919 LMP, it's like it was tiny alongside that. And if you throw in a BMW GT, uh, oh the big boy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like M8. That, yeah, that'll be three times as big. Yeah, so. Which I guess comes to your point, like they look larger. Hey, they look huge. Yeah. Like they look like these giant spaceships. Mm. Um, they just sound like, like it. Just lengthwise, <laughs> they look hugely long. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the fin. Yeah, I think the, the, shark I think fin. the fin makes them look oh, I love but it. But they're, they're so long. low to the ground too, which mm. is obviously aerodynamic base. But, yeah, it's just like they barely come up to the windowsill on the GT cars. So what was – um. So you went there in 2013. What was sort of some of your earliest memories of the race that led to you, led to you going there in 2013? Yeah, like obviously the mid to late 90s, you know, we talk about the Mercedes CLKs, the Toyota GT1s. Um, those, they were my memories of Le Mans. So it was one of those things that I hadn't always dreamed of going to this, to this race, but obviously as I kind of researched more, learned more about it, um, started watching it. Cause you think we didn't get a lot of coverage of Le Mans 24 hour in Australia, or at least I didn't. Um, it was radio Le Mans, um, you know, with some quality dial up internet, trying to get a feed over the computer, um, listening to the late nineties and early 2000 races. And it was probably, to be fair, it was probably the Bentleys. I remember when they came back in 2004, Three or 2001, 2002, 2003, that period that I think that's when my kind of interest in the race um, so stepped up. David Brabham? David Brabham, 2003, yeah. yeah. And he, then, dro- he drove the English car, even though he was an Australian. <laughs> and the, Other country. And then the um, Peugeot coming back as well. Like once again, that, that uh, era from 2007, 2008, 2009, 2010, like just 
only two manufacturers, but they just were going head to head. Um, and actually the, the documentary Truth in 24, um, so for any listeners that haven't checked that out, it's on YouTube, that, like, that had me hooked. So from actually seeing that, then I was kind of, that flagged it for me as something to um, uh, one day I wanted, I wanted to uh, get there. And to, I remember actually on my wall as a kid, I had these list of races that I wanted to kind of, you know, dreaming big, visit and watch and then race at. So, you know, I had Nürburgring 24, Bathurst 24, Le Mans 24, Indianapolis, um, and then the Monaco Grand Prix. So to actually get there and, uh, you know, tick that box, obviously um, got a few entries in lotto to um, try and compete there one day. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, that was such a, a cool thing from at least from my point of view. You're right about sort of the lack of um, TV coverage and awareness because my my earliest memories are of like uh, Rothman's Porsches and Silcut Jaguars and things like that, Peugeot 905s, mainly mainly from like the odd review video I'd see as a kid or uh, little little news snippets. But it was only really sort of the late 90s when Channel 10 started doing um, sort of, they'd do like a half hour, an hour wrap-up of Le Mans that it sort of started started getting sort of regular coverage of it every year. I remember, I think it was 2014. I can't remember the circumstances I was in. There was no way for me to watch the race. The only thing I had access to was YouTube and all the illegal live streams of it kept going down. So I ended up watching the entire race from the onboard of the Audis. <laughs> <laughs> so that was interesting. But a lot of the teams are doing that now. I know yeah. Rebellion, they've... Yep. In there, then Nissan, Nissan yeah. did it as well for their couple there. So I think that's a, I think, yeah, yeah, Le Mans people there, they have a couple of different streams going on, plus the main one in there to have a look. Like it's good to, um, I think, on, I think Porsche put up one from the, uh, from their GTE car, I think 2014, 15, I think it was there. And you can watch the first two hours. Just oh, from the onboard. The onboard of yeah. that GT. Just, That's got to be the best sounding onboard ever. Mm. Yeah. The Porsche sound pretty good. Oh. Like, yeah, onboard camera and just the... I've been, I've been found on YouTube when I was trying to uh, cut my uh, lap times on um, Gran Turismo 6 of Le Mans. But, um, I found Alonso's whole night stint mm. um, from last year's race on YouTube. So you can have two hours just watching his stint. Uh, on board, which is pretty cool, and same thing. Like, supposed it's to be carving pretty, up. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the good things about Le Mans is that it captivates you to watch it. Like, you look at it, oh, it's driving at night. What could there be? But just because of the, as we said, the speed difference that, you know, carving through traffic, going down the Mulsanne, even though now it's got the, sh- the two chicanes there, whereas, you know, the early, late 80s, early 90s, before they changed it, in there it was just flat out the whole Mulsanne from there. It's just, you see your braking marker on the side and you pick it out, whether it's a building that overhangs it or, you know, you, you're waiting for the braking marker to come up, but you stomp on the brakes the latest you can, the driver can from there and you flick it backwards and forwards and you're back on it. Like it's just one of the things why dodging different class cars, like it's a captivating thing. You mentioned the challenge of um, night driving and all that, but also if the the LMP1 hybrid regulations have shown that sort of there's still a big challenge when it comes to, getting a car to last 24 hours. Not really in the last few years with Toyota on its own, but the last year it was Toyota versus Porsche. All the hybrids were sort of falling over. And it was just sort the of a... two car almost won the yeah, race. The, yeah, the Jackie Chen DC. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, the black and red thing. Yeah. yeah. So it shows sort of the challenge is still there to make a car do 24 hours problem free. Yeah, and, and that comes back to the man versus machine type deal. You know, it's a it's an all in collective effort from the drivers to the team to the car designers for it there, and how hard you determine to push for it there. Um, you know, a lot more now. You know, they've got a lot more electronic assistance with down changes, up changes, and everything, and a lot more sensors. You go back to, I guess, the iconic um, periods of it. You know, Steve McQueen. They made the the movie. Um, for that there and they had to nurse the gearbox they had to nurse engine nurse the brakes for it there and um for, for then recently ford versus ferrari as well showed that iconic thing where uh ford to they knew their brakes wouldn't last they devised a way of um being able to change the whole system over which you know you think about now it's a no-brainer for any team like they have kits and they design it to do that way and they can do it but you go back to the the old days where it was nurse your car for 24 hours to be there in the last half an hour hour and then you go for the win and hopefully all your other competitors do the opposite and don't protect their cars so you can get there and i get oh, i guess for myself on that and that's where you know my earliest memories of the race come from is probably when i was younger i said you know you didn't get too much coverage out here in Australia, live stream, well, not live stream, but, you know, whether it's Radio Le Mans or anything like that, was the Le Mans movie when I was younger. Um, obviously, I think it more than likely would have been you, Luke, who probably would have been popping popping that on there and what, probably once school holidays, um, watching it and watching Most likely. That. Yeah, and, and for that, and then, you know, got some taste, and then, you know, Channel 10 got on with, like, Mark Webber getting in the Mercedes um, gig um, for over there, and that pushed it a bit more and just following it on from there. Yet, yet he never drove a lap in anger yeah. of a Mercedes at Le Mans. We flew a plane, so. <laughs> so. I think to your point too about it being endurance and Joey looking after your car, one thing I loved about the GTE component of the, over the last few years was like from lap one, they are banging doors. Mm. There's the GTE train from lap one till, you know, 24 hours later. Like yep. they, they don't leave anything on the table. Right, it's the it's the train until the Aston gets bopped the night before and slowly falls down the train and spends twenty four hours half a lap down. Yeah, yeah. Or the leader gets caught up with a different safety car and has won the race two hours in. Yeah, actually, yeah. that killed. Yeah, that was gifted that was a Porsche huge drama that, race. that they yeah. need to resolve. But I I just like that too. Like some people, you know, that twenty seventeen race that you spoke to cars, mm. just you know, hybrid systems breaking things. And you got these other guys who are just. Full sprint race. Well, they're, yeah, they're going Almost. too wide through Indianapolis on the first lap of the race because they want to lead. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, I guess that's the thing. Everyone wants to lead the first lap so, you know, but they can throw that pressure release out there and say, you know, it's almost, it's almost like they just um, race to the first pit stops and then calm down. It's like, yeah. What's well, the old races missed? Whether it's, oh. you know, yeah, a 10-lap go-kart race or, uh, you know, Obviously, Le Mans 24 hours, everyone wants to just be at the front. Yeah, to crazy. Do it, so, for that. But I guess for, for me, the GTE, that's been the pick of the bunch for the last handful of years. Like, you, you're always going to have the LMP1 battle, whether it's, you know, Porsche, Toyota, um, for it there, or Audi, Toyota, previously to that, um, for it. But, um, yeah, GTE is just always, you know, Porsche has been, the Corvette's been going there for a lot of years. Uh, Ford brought the GT car back in there and there's been battles from there and had different drivers come from all different facets of the, the world to come do it. But it's just delivered 
year in, year out. Except for maybe this year. That's uh, But I, I was looking, going through the list before too. It's like I think this year the GTM component is going to be probably the, the, the pick there. Um, I think we've got like 15 or so. I may be being a little bit generous there, but um, entries, like it's it's a strong GTM um, entry uh, this year, which I, that I think should be able to provide um, mm. that kind of classic jewel just because you, you don't know who to um, – who to back in that uh, entry? Well, in terms of that, even like like LMP two has almost just become a twenty four hour sprint because yep. the the Gibson engines are so reliable, and most people are in an Orica. Um, they seem to it just seems to be an out and out sprint. Yeah, and and in both those, so both LMP two and GTEM now you've you've got the um, your silver. Uh, silver or bronze driver there too that kind of adds an extra variable into the mix so um trying to trying to pick winners and that's mm, difficult yeah. I, I, th- I think it's a bit of a shame that the the state is that you know how many of the gte pro cars uh, have been pulled uh, obviously corvette not coming back um the two the two porsche gte from us cars aren't coming for it there i, I think that's so it's not not so much a, a a loss for the class because there is still some great entries in it, but overall having six in GTE Pro, you know, having that number up at you know ten, twelve, you know that that that, that would have been quite a good spectacle. I'm sure they'll still put on a good race for it there. Yeah, I'm excited by the Risi competition um, uh, Ferrari there with uh, Bordet. I was glad to see him get get a seat back in, in that race, but hopefully that can push um, push those because you're looking at the AF Corsa and the two um, Porsche factory cars there. You think it'd be your leaders. Um, as you said, Aston Aston hasn't had the most success there um, recently. So, yeah, I think there's there's still enough there to be interested in that pro class, but I just don't think you're going to have those. Think about it. Previous years, you got five manufacturers in the first five places, all kind of juking it out. Mm. So. I think you go back to that um, Ford GT um, scramble where they were weaving in and out the whole way down the Mulsanne, getting in the 2018. Yeah. That was, yeah, that's my favourite moment of any Le Mans ever. It was with Makovicki in the Porsche. Yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. Awesome, awesome sort of. It was about three hours to go, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. Man. All right, well, that's, uh, that's a few of our memories of the race and – a bit of a, a bit of a touch on the 2020 race, but we'll be back after the break to have a much more in-depth chat about the 2020 race coming up. Did you know each time you go onto the internet, you are unknowingly leaving countless pieces of information in the digital world? A VPN gives you a virtual private network creating a secure and private connection between your device and the internet. ExpressVPN is one of the best providers. With ExpressVPN, you get the fastest speeds, 24-7 customer support, top-rated user-friendly software, and access to unlimited content. Australian Netflix doesn't have Lord of the Rings or the latest Breaking Bad series? Fire up ExpressVPN and access over 4,000 movies and TV shows only available on Netflix America. For a limited time, go to expressvpn.com 
backslash motor racing passion and get three months free when you sign up for a 12-month plan. ExpressVPN, safe, secure, and unlimited content. Welcome back to the podcast. Well, looking ahead to the 2020 race coming up this weekend, let's have a bit of a look at um, sort of who you know who we think is going to do the business. Is it be hard to look past a Toyota win? I would say. Yeah, I was scanning through the entry list, and obviously it's Rebellion versus Toyota. Rebellion's knocked off Toyota a couple of times uh, this year already. There's no, there's no BOP though at um, no. Yeah, Le Mans. Clears up. They do it during the series and then you get to Le Mans and it's Toyota, Toyota, Toyota. So I think if they can last the 24 hours, it's Toyota. And they've had good reliability recently yep. for it. So I think it would be hard. I think it would be more about LMP2, GTE. They're just in a sort of holding pattern at the moment to the hypercar regulations. Yeah. In like everyone sort of knows, we we don't say it, but it kind of sucks at the moment. And yeah, we just, yeah. we're just just focused on GT until we get to hypercar. Are yeah. you, are you ro- rolling, rolling out, ruling out the bike holes racing team? I am. Okay. <laughs> Fair play. I, I do love the bike holes. I do love the bike collars. Everyone like, loves bike collars. Yeah, it's got I mean, fluoro yellow on it. It looks awesome. Yeah. And they're having a go. I mean, they're having a crack at P1. I mean, so. I do hope that Rebellion come out with another art car. I actually mm-hmm. quite liked it. I thought that was pretty pretty cool. Yeah. Well, it's good to, good to see him back to two cars. Um, obviously, they've just been running the one in the early rounds of the WEC. But, um, yeah, that's um, Romain Dumas uh, running in the, the Rebellion, which will be good. Um, and then, obviously, a Bruno Senna leading, heading up the, uh, the other car. So... What no, do you I reckon think... uh, about the Janetta? Do you reckon the Janetta is going to last for 24 hours? Well, it might last, but I don't think it'll... Mid-pack at best or oh, towards be, the... Well, fourth, fourth. Fourth or fifth. I yeah. think um, it's... I just don't have a lot of might... trust in a Janetta showing up, to be honest. Yeah. Um, which Toyota do you think will win? I, I'm going to go on the eight car. Uh, Brennan Hartley to add another um, uh, Le Mans victory to the one he won in 2017. Um, but I mean, you know, this, do you think they owe the seven car a win? They last absolutely year? are going mm-hmm. to give it to the seven car. They have to. They have to. Last year it was so orchestrated. No, seven car for the <laughs> that, win. Yeah, that was that was so bad. You don't think it really had a puncture? Well, I don't, but I can understand that. Do you know what I mean? Like, take the conspiracy theories out of it. I can also understand that if a signal comes up and says you've got a slow puncture, do, do you take the chances with an hour to go? Okay. Mate, seven cars gonna win it. That's it. Just forget it. <laughs> they well, they definitely earned it. I you feel for Conway Kobashi and Lopez last year. That was uh, that was brutal. So yeah, if there's a bit of justice. Then uh, yeah, it'd be good for the seven car. But I'm going to stay stick by my boy. Everyone, everyone loves Kobayashi too. I've never heard anyone say anything negative about Kobayashi. Like we all want him to win, though. I just I think from his Formula One career, there was maybe a couple of incidents where like someone might. No, no, no. I liked him. Exactly. I was just like That's he, he harpooned. Likes he harpooned a couple of blokes, and I reckon they might have had a. Well, how many? He also had his front wing fall off a few times, which yeah. assisted in that. <laughs> assisted, yeah. But uh, yeah, so LMP one. Um. Then, Toyota for the for the W. 
But then I guess you look at LMP two and you look at the, the 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 range of entries that you've got in there. Locally, you know, it'll be interesting to see how the Eurasia motorsport goes. Obviously, they're um out um ran in the Asian Le Mans series out at the Bend earlier in mm. the year, and they they got the nod um for an entry in there. Uh, looks like you know there was supposed to be uh, Shane Van Gisberg and um was cemented to take that spot but unfortunately with all the border restrictions and the calendar revisions um obviously he's not going to be in the car so i guess from a local standpoint it would be good to see them get up but there's a lot of other entries in there that are pretty competitive that all-female entry this year that's which true has a, actually quite a good um driver lineup too i think for an endurance race do you want to know the best thing about the lmp2 entry list if you read down it the amount of cars in it that Although I'm a bit anti-LMP too. Why? Well, everyone's got to have a Gibson engine. You're only allowed to choose cool cars, though. Yeah, you can cool choose. Cars, you, you can choose five chassis, but it's only one. That's the problem. It's only worth picking only one, one at the moment. Yeah, yeah. But the the best thing about the entry list is not only do we see Michelin tires, we also see Goodyear tires. Oh, you love a tire war, don't you? Love a tire war. <laughs> you do love a tire war. No, just good. a pity there's not an engine war. Yeah, I think you don't need an engine war if you've got a tire war, though. Could have both. Could have both. Could, have both. but oh, the the entry list could be. On the other hand, how many Al- how one. many Alpines are in LMP two this year? Lamont. One, one, the um the Signatech. Hmm. Signatech entry. Oh yeah, Andre Negrau, the Thomas Lamont Laurent car. Yeah, I think I, it's hard hard to go past Jota. I think. Yeah, it's fine. Jota Sport really um, arrogant. So I'm I'm backing the uh, United Auto Sports uh, Paul DeResta car, which is running in the WC, and then obviously for the 24 hours, that's got my nod. Is the Yumbo car in it? The Yumbo Supermarkets car? Yeah. Pretty sure it is. Judging by some of the um, tweets that uh, the Wex put out, I'm going for that one for the win. Ones if it doesn't come out yellow. What do you mean? Fleur, previously they've been fluoro yellow. Well, they're not fluoro yellow. No? They're just yellow. Yeah. Just, no, I just like I just like that team. Oh, the Dutch connection. Yeah. Yeah. You go. It's well, they the, call it the Dutch train and the Dutch steam yeah, train or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's I think and they and this is where for Brock the Yumbo sponsor uh, Max and Yoss as well. So exactly. that's um, yeah, that's disgusting. Oh, Max. Mm. No, Yumbo for the win. P two. Number seven for P one. I've got it all worked out. And so, G- GTE, what are we? Rizzy Competizione. Yeah, I, I like that. I like that car. Well, GTE at the moment we've got two Ferraris. Sorry, three. three, three, three well, two factory Ferraris. Yeah. Mm. Uh, two factory Porsche, uh, Porsches. Two factory Astons, and then the Rizzy, Rizzy Competizione yeah. Ferrari. Pronouncing it. Only because it's a private car. Yeah, I'd love a privateer to get up. <laughs> Who, who's in there with Cbaz? I think Olivia Pla. Oh, yeah, tidy. And um, can't can't recall the third driver just yet off the top of my head. No. Oh, well, still, I reckon that's um, that's quality. But yeah, I think I just can't see him knocking over the two AF courses. So, well. so who's gonna win? GTE. I think a Porsche. Yeah, of course. I it's, think a it's the Estre Christensen Van Tor car. 
probably. For sure. Such well, a they, such a they missed out last year. So. Well, last year they had the exhaust failure. Yeah. Like, when mm. does an exhaust fail on yeah. a GT car? So I, I'm going to and a they're... Porsche. That. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's such a pity they pulled the IMSA Porsches. Mm. Yeah. But understandable. Shame. You can say, oh, yeah, there's nothing you can do about it this year. It'll be interesting um, to see how the uh, 51 AF Corsa with Pierre Guidi, Collado, and Sarah goes. Like that's a in a GTE, that's a pretty solid driver lineup to match up the other ones. Yeah, but Sarah still owes me after he binned the Ferrari at Bathurst this year too. <laughs> that's I was so filthy about that. I love it how he owes you. Yeah, personally <laughs> well, invested. I was that. I was behind that Ferrari and then but isn't that, that the great, up. Isn't that the great thing about a 24-hour? You get invested in the teams that you, yeah. you follow. Well, the, like yeah, you, the driver. A special mention for the Nicky team car because Nicky team's a super cool guy. He's so. a, well, I was going to say, oh, I'm, I'm going to jump on the Aston Martins. They're due. Well, they got robbed last year. I mean, that car qualified on pole genuinely and then got its its legs cut off from mm. the knees down on, on the night before yep. the race. So, no, that, so that's um, – I'm. Oh, that's my pick. What about GTE Am? Since we've hit the pros, there's, there's the only factories. one winner: the Golf Racing Porsche. Benny Barker, based purely on paint job, and Ben Barker, and Ben because that I mean he can. But drive. if Ben Barker wasn't driving, it'd still be the favourite. Yeah, but the fact Ben Barker is driving it <laughs> mate. makes it a shoe in. Nah, uh, for, for for me, seventy seven Dempsey Proton with Maddie Campbell in it. But there, uh, I think. You know, Wait, what year did he? Win. Is he taking it? Uh, he won with was it Dempsey. Last year? Yeah, I was going to say, he's, he's gone. Yeah, actually, I'm pretty sure it was last year. Because well, then he went, yeah, he tried to do the double with no bearing. If it yeah. was, if the IMSA Porsches had come this year, he was going to be GTE Pro, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's with Manti as well. Yeah. And yeah. if you're with Manti, you're a pro driver. Yeah. Yeah. Going to be hard to beat the, the Keating car. They always go well. And and they they're gonna be seething still after they were dotted last year. Yeah. As well with those double penalties. Yep. So Blake Amola and Felipe Fraga. Yeah, what a lot. We shared a beer with at the Bathurst twelve hour. Yes. Cool. We did. There's a good story to that which possibly shouldn't be told for the <laughs> sake for the sake of his He's professional a cool guy, career. Fraga. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, to be fair. Guy. Special mention to it, Maxi Book. Yeah, in in Fraga's defense, he joined us. To have a beer, but he didn't consume beer. No, no. He just had a good chat. Maxi, on the other hand. Um, anyway. He had a chat too. Yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> it's it's funny though to look at the entry list like it's it's a bit depleted. not well, no, I shouldn't say depleted. The, some of the some of the sting's been taken out of it due to Cronin, but I mean, you look at the entry list and there's still a race to be had. Oh, absolutely. And well, that's when I think that's where the exciting part comes. You're gonna have obviously you'll look at the outright, but you Class racing, LMP2. It's going to be awesome. And mm. GTE M is the depth and just the unpredictability. About so it. Even, even P1, like forget the Toyotas, you're going to have four other cars that are, I mean, they're genuinely going to be fighting the non-hybrids. Yeah. P2's a huge field, 20-odd cars. GTE Pro's a little thin, but genuinely, you only it's need just, two or three of them to make yeah. an awesome race. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, like, yeah. there's like 20 cars in GTM, yeah. so I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I mean seven. When you compare it to six LMP ones, seven GTE Pros are fine. Especially they're going to be a lot closer, and you you, you legitimately don't know who's going to win the race. Mm. I reckon GTE M is going to be the that'll be the, the one exciting one for sure. There's so many strong lineups in it. Well, and that's what keeps you connected over 24 hours as well. Like there's so mm. much going on. So. Look, I'll be honest. I, I 
I pretty much watch them all just for the GT classes. I, I just prefer the tin tops. I find them more exciting. And the P1s are cool, but GT's yeah. where it's at, man. It reminds me of like the old McLarens back in the day, you know? Like yeah. that, for me, yeah. that's where it's at. They were good, good looking cars. They were outright they were, cars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. I love the long tail one. Everyone did. I remember the Fina. Was it Fina yeah. sponsor? Yeah. Well, yeah, the ones BMW ran. Yeah. Um, the Fina um, Schnitzer awesome car. cars, yeah. From '97. Well, that that. Well, I mean, that brings up a point. What what would be your favourite Le Mans car in the history of the race that you've seen? I think McLarens are up there. Everyone goes for the seven eight seven B. I don't know why, but for me, it's it's definitely the the GT one Toyota '98. Was oh, it? Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, seriously, I mean that was such a good looking car. Yeah, yeah. That's, and it was so pick. quick. Yeah, it was so, super fast. That's so fragile, though. Yeah, well. exactly. That, but that almost adds to the aura, the fact that it and never won. Only ever raced three times. That's the car, mate. That's, did, that's did, my favourite. Did 98 Le Mans 24 hours, 99 Le Mans 24 hours, and then did the 99, um, did a race in Japan at the end of 99. The, um, I may have been Fuji. Yeah, 99. okay. Yep. Just like a Japanese local event. But can, can, can you nut it, nut it down just to one? Like yeah. for GT one, just GT one. Like yeah. even over the the, the history of that's quite it, an mate. iconic race, it all comes down to GT one. That's my favorite Le Mans car. How many yeah, races but... I won on Gran Turismo with that thing? <laughs> that's my favorite car, mate. But then you um like I mean, throwing the silk cut Jags, the nineteen fifty five D type Jag, which like to me that's that's a beautiful looking car. Um, yeah, even even you go through the out like the hybrid era, like they're not beautiful cars to look at. But even I just look at the from the diesel point into the hybrids um, from Audi, that was that was pretty good. The R8 once again, classic car, very successful. That that was a good looking uh, good looking vehicle. But you even go back to Group C, like Porsche nine three five, or through that previously that you know. Well, that wasn't a Group C car. No, so yeah, true, true. Nine five six. Nine five six. Sorry, yeah, trying to get that one right there. Too many numbers. Porsche, get your act together <laughs> for it there. But then go back the GT forty. That's an iconic car for it there. Sounded really cool. You know, they they, they bung the big banger in there to get them up there um, for it there. But then you come back. You know, the Bentley when they came back in the early two thousands. Oh, that was speed a speed eight. Yeah, yeah, special match for the speed eight. I mean, what a good looking car. But, and that's outright, but then you go right back through when you go to your GTs, like there's some good-looking cars all the way through there too. So Do we just, do yeah. we mention the Nissan Delta L- LMP1 car 2015? No. No? no? That no. didn't exist, I don't think. <laughs> oh, it's got... <laughs> that doesn't make the list. Yeah, it's being out-qualified by an LMP2 car. That was... Uh, doesn't make the list. That has, to be, <laughs> that has to be one of the biggest investment flops in racing. Oh, maybe Toyota Formula One, but do you know what I mean? Like, just <laughs> no. I think this was worse. Yeah, uh, that's. It's funny you mentioned the Porsche nine three five. That that is something that I um that that conjures up thoughts of Alan Moffat's doco, um, the uh, twenty four hours the test of a man mm. when he drove uh, Porsche nine three five in nineteen eighty at Le Mans. Mm. That's um that's that's one of my first memories of seeing the race. Again, is there that documentary? But in terms of my favourite car, you might be surprised. I'm not going to pick a Martini car. You're only well, doing it to make a point. Otherwise, you'd pick a Martini car. Well, I, well it, it's going to be it, a golf car then. Well, well hey, hang on. Give me a second. 
He's trying well, to think I, of something that's no, not no, Martini. No, 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 well, no, Ma- well, I mean, Martini, you had the Martini Lanciers in the mid-80s. That's not a Le Mans car. Yeah. LC. Oh, yeah. Martini okay, Lancia, I'm thinking LC of Group B. Well, yeah, yeah. I wasn't born then. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, had, they, they had, but I mean, they, they, they only ran for a couple of years and it, they weren't, they weren't really, they weren't mainstays. Oh, well, let me just backpedal out of you, that And you, you had the Martini Porsche 917, which wasn't even in Martini colours. It was sort of a, a blue and green sort of swirly colour scheme. But I have to go up Golf Porsche 917. There we go. <laughs> there I have go. to a Golf Porsche 917. Honourable mention, I think, the Rothmans Porsche. Oh, I think sure. it just looked Wait, the, fantastic. The, the, the retro livery? No, no, no. no. <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a 956. Oh, okay. The original. <laughs> on a 956. What about a pink pig livery like that? Didn't do anything for me. Nah. nah, I didn't like the pink pig. I didn't even like the, the retro version of it. No, nah, no. Nah. But even the Rothmans 997, just the, the, the cigarette line, sponsors, isn't it? It's just it, it is. Race but the, the lines tobacco. didn't quite suit the 997. Mm. Um, but even when um, at Bathurst in 2017, Bathurst uh, Super Cheap Auto 1000, when James Moffat ran um, the retro yep. Rothmans colours. Um, on his uh, v- VF. VF Commodore, the lines compared to a VL Commodore that his dad raced in Rossum's Gold, the lines just don't suit it. Mm. The, the doors are too high on modern cars, I think, to really come across as, yeah, to really get the coolness of the paint job across. But, yeah, so I'd say Golf 917 wins it for me. Can I throw the Ferrari 333? SP into that as well as a car you can yeah 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 no I reckon that's that was Which a one cool. the, the Momo one Momo one but well more it's longevity too like yeah, as well yeah, yeah. like it ran for eight years give or take yeah ninety four to yeah around yeah I think it, up till two thousand and three I think it was still running in the LMS um, yeah and also in the um, FIA sports car team yeah or the yeah. sports racing world cup yeah. but no I just I think that was a really cool looking car it's actually one of my first onboard memories too of. Um, Le Mans Channel Ten running, running some footage yeah, of that. Yeah, that was the ninety-seven. Give us a ninety-eight um, yeah. review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's do you know what I mean. I was just like, "Geez, how long does this track go for?" <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, no, I, that that one's worth in the mix. Not not the most successful, but yeah, I think for its longevity and um, outside of well, at least in prototype racing, we haven't seen Ferrari features since. Yeah. Well, um, Touchwood, um. Moretti, the um, well, he was Italian, but he based himself in America. Um, he he, it was basically he was the one responsible for getting that Ferrari built, mainly for IMSA, yeah, for the IMSA World Sports Cars, um, formula, and yeah, yeah, but it had a long, a long lifespan in Europe afterwards as well. But what a, what would be what would be your favourite race in the history of Le Mans? That's a tough one. Just and once again, just to bring it down just to one for myself, that's pretty hard. But um, 2011, yeah. that was, I think, uh, outside of staged finishes. Is that that's been that was going to be one of mine? I think in recent times, t- 2011 was quite quite good. Um, especially you had like the one Audi holding off the three Peugeots. Yep, very good. But unfortunately, that's in another trend. Um, I don't know. Have they had a proper Le Mans finish since 2011? Because I've no, I've no, I remember 2010. Everyone was on the side of the road 
on the last lap, you know, the marshals waving the flags and but 2011 they said not to do it because it was a, a very yeah, close still, finish. Still racing, yeah. And I don't remember since then have they. I know last year, like the Toyotas won by mile, but they they didn't do a Le Mans finish. But I guess, I guess is it even in the class races, like been saying that, especially like 2018, where the GTE Pro came down right to the end as well for it there. Maybe is it they're looking at the overall race and even the class battles to say, you know, it's a cl- it's going to be potentially a close finish or can see where it's at. So you can't have not- people on a live racetrack in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> no way. You might have said that in 2010 though. Still do it. Can't even go outside without a face mask anymore. <laughs> I'm going to let you on That's the a fair point. That's a, that's a fair point. That's a fair, fair point. You, 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 can't, you, can't, you can't even be trusted to go to a pub these days. Nah. What, would, what would be your favourite race, Brock? Oh, I was very young. It's probably a bit of a cliche. I remember my first memories of obviously that Weber flip. Yep. Um, but probably those couple of years where you had Porsche, Toyota, Mercedes, yep. like the big yeah, boys the depth, yeah. were all there. Late 90s. Yeah, and the, the cars were sort of – the fact that they made road car versions of those cars I think was pretty exciting. So I'd go you know, those two yeah. years, 98, 99. Yeah, GT1, late 90s. Yeah, Awesome cars, seriously cool cars. Yeah, brilliant. Probably it's probably an outside one, but the 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 comeback um, where we spoke about mentioned a bit earlier, where we had the LMP two cars in, in the lead for majority of the race, and and the Toyota was just hunting them down for the whole whole second half of the race, pretty much. That that's one that stands out in mind to go: is this the chance that an LMP two? Is going to get up over an LMP one, Porsche. I think hunted Porsche. Them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. not not Toyota. Yeah, Toyota's yeah. fell apart. Toyota. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That race broke my heart. Like that was like, the LMP two. It was, was exciting cool. though, because it was something. When are they going to get to him? Are they going to get to him? If anything <laughs> happens, is it? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah. The relentless kind of doing your maths. Because at one point too, it looked like it almost looked too far, but then um, then they did it. I think half an hour to go or something. Yeah. But yeah, that was um, yeah. I just and that I, that, Porsche had like earlier in the night, like that that thing was written off. Yeah, like no chance that they're, they're they're gone. They can't win it. What was the problem they had? I think that they all they all had issues with the hybrid, mm. different mm. different extenuating um, circumstances. But I think that were, like that race was basically the end of the current hybrid formula because it just it aided its credibility. There was there was no. There was the lack of depth with mm. both of the cars only entered two, or both of the teams only entered two cars. No, nah, Toyota ran three. Oh, they they ran three, and and all three. That was the all, first year they ran three, and all three of them had problems. After all the years of Porsche and Audi running three, yeah, um, they Toyota back. didn't. Then Toyota did run three, and yeah, all of them fell apart. It was cruel. Um, I'd say for me, the Brock's mention of the late nineties, nineteen ninety nine, I thought was a cracking race, and and really in terms of major participation from lots of manufacturers in the outright class, outright class. That was the last the last year where there was, you know, just, I mean, you had Audi, you had uh, Toyota, Nissan, Mercedes, um, BMW. Um, oh, yeah, that, was that that white BMW that had Dell? Yeah, yep, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it won the race too. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah there, were, there was uh, – 
Well, I mean, Audi was so committed in '99. They had two car. They had two open top prototypes and two closed top. See, it says a lot because I, I like '98, '99. I was five or six. Yeah, yeah. And I remember it. Yeah, you know that's. I don't know. Yeah. So '99 uh, was a great race, and 1990 is a race I enjoy. Yeah. Looking back over, um, and I mean that was similar. There's something about the late '80s and the late '90s. Just the manufacturer participation was just. I mean, the 1990 race. You know, you had Mercedes, Jaguar. Nissan. Nissan, yep. And you had Toyota. You had uh, quality pro- quality Porsches run by private teams, but I mean the um, – That was when the Nissan was on pole by six seconds. Yeah, it? yeah. Yeah, Blondell. Mark Blondell, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, you had like the private Repsol Porsche um, that got quite close to the win, yeah. um, broke down towards the end of the race. So 1990 yep. was also the year that the chicanes were introduced – Luke, too, yeah. I know you're a bit of a traditionalist. Yep. So I'd, I'd be curious to get your opinion, but just for the for the sake of you know, why not? Yeah. The speeds, but before the chicanes were were getting a little crazy. Yeah. So in 1989, the year before, we had a top speed of 389 kilometers an hour for a Jaguar. Yeah. And 1988, Peugeot rocked up with a car with the sole intention of breaking the speed record at Le Mans. Yep. They Maybe. topped out at 407, advertised it as 405 kilometers an hour to link in with the sort of road car program yeah. with Roger Dorchy. So they hit the speed lap record, blew up um, after qualifying 36th. Yeah. That'd be the WM Peugeot, I think, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. So do you feel, I mean, after 1990, the speed, top speed, 1990 is 353. Yeah. Do you think the chicanes took away from, from the track? Uh, yes, I think they did. I mean, if, if I put my health and safety hat on, I can understand why they did it. But Because um, if an Indy car can run, you know, up around 400, why can't these? Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. And especially as I, in some ways that like um, the FIA was fighting with the ACO at the time, which is partly like Le Mans was in and out of the World Sports Car Championship at the time. And there was a lot of political nonsense also around the um the chicane introductions um i think the fia invented a rule that a straight couldn't be longer than uh what about the dotting well yeah but at the time i don't think yeah it wasn't a um yeah okay yeah <laughs> nurburgring i think was a separate um separate one but fact I, it was I, a public road too like i mean that's that's i guess the distinction i guess between indianapolis and a uh, Le Mans is it? You, the, can, you can't have permanent kind of safety um, implications. Yeah, but I think it was more political than um, than safety reasons necessarily. That, I guess when you got got them put in, when you've got teams rocking up to do nothing other than to beat the speed record, maybe that's yeah. not in the best interest of of the race. And, and maybe, yeah, manufacturers remember, actually. Yeah. I remember an interview with Martin Brundle in nineteen ninety with the um, introduction of the chicanes, and he said that sort of those chicanes made the rest of the track in a way faster and perhaps more dangerous because they put more wing yeah, yeah, yeah. they put more wing on the car yeah. for the chicanes. But that all of a sudden that made the Porsche curves and everything much more faster. Yeah. It's and, still a super low downforce track though. Yeah, oh, yeah. Overall, like relative to other tracks. Well until I think they've frozen it now, but you always had cars that would run their Le Mans yeah. aero kits. And then for the rest of the World Endurance Championship they'd have a completely separate set of bodywork for the Yeah, it's like a Monza Monza downforce right. levels because a, a lot of the time they go to Monza and skip the first chicane for their testing for the event. 
Yeah. It's pretty cool. I know Porsche do that. Yeah. yeah. So um, are we all going to stay up and watch the whole race in full? Absolutely. Yep. We've, we've organized to have a big barbecue yep. all together at the same place and watch it. Can't wait for it. Oh, it's... And if the you fall not, asleep, you're kicked out. That's yeah. a retirement. Not, <laughs> if you fall asleep, you're sent home. Le Mans not my favourite race of the year, um, but it's definitely up there. And oh, I'm so glad that they are they are running it. I'm so glad that we yeah. we didn't miss out on it. We've at least got something to watch. Uh, it's just so iconic. Yep, there'll be there'll be spectators there, which is good. Um, so we'll have a we'll have a bit of atmosphere around the track because um, that would have been surreal if they ran it with no spectators. Twenty four hours. It wouldn't matter at night. No, no, it wouldn't be. As long Johnny, as they ran the, the Ferris wheel with the lights, yeah. it doesn't matter. As, as long as Johnny Palmer's commentating it, I'm happy. What about Carlton Kirby yes. on Eurosport? It's Johnny Palmer. I, I, well, I watched the Eurosport coverage, mute it, and then play Johnny Palmer's yeah, yeah, yeah. commentary yeah. over the top. Well, so the, that, the, that's the what best, we're doing, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, if I'm I get that. my way, The best yeah. part about the Eurosport coverage used to be Neville Hay in the middle of the night. He'd do sort of the graveyard shift with Martin Haven, but he wasn't on it last year, so... I think we can give Eurosport a miss. No, to take the video, like take this the footage, and then yeah, overlay it with the commentary. I think that's a perfect combination. Think about it. We've waited. Coronavirus. We're finally going Lamar Racing. We're all set up. You got the Princess of Monaco with the trinkler or whatever they call it. It's just like I'm (laughs) excited, Luke. I'm excited. I'm excited too. I need it. I can't wait. (laughs) How how are you going to get yourself into the mood to watch it, Adam? I guess YouTube for myself. YouTube, yeah. yeah, just go back, watch some old races. Maybe not the full the full races, but you know, watch the start, different the night night on boards, everything like that, just to get get the juices flowing for it. Well, seeing as I love my golf nine one sevens, I'll be watching Lamar with Steve McQueen. I'll uh, so as I touched on before, Truth in twenty four one and two. Watch both those documentaries. Um, actually, the Porsche documentary they released. From the 2019 uh, event, that's that'll probably get a run as well, and then I'll likely jump in my Peugeot 908 and just do some laps around um, Le Mans on uh, the PlayStation. Oh, I don't. We'll just be I cooking need, the barbecue to get it ready need, for us. I don't need anything to get me excited. <laughs> just the fact that it's on that gets me excited enough. Yeah. Can't wait. Okay, well that'll about do us for this week's episode. Please make sure you subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating and spread the word to your family and friends. And head to our Facebook page and Instagram page and give us a like and a follow. Search Motor Racing Passion on Facebook and on Instagram, search Motor Racing Passion as one word, all in lowercase. On both platforms, in addition to the podcast information, we've got a great archive of family photos we're putting up from the last 30 plus years of attending race meetings. And this week, we've added a few photos from Daniel's trip to the big race in 2013. On behalf of Daniel, Adam and Brock, I'm Luke Blackman. Thank you for listening. Enjoy watching Le Mans this weekend and I hope you can do the full 24-hour endurance test as we will be and join us again soon for the next podcast. Motor Racing Passion is produced by Luke Ryan for Tom Drum Media. <laughs>